0: Hi, Oliver. Hi, Joe. Hello, Joe. Uh, this was a big day, and it came out of nowhere. You don't even know about this unless what you happened? follow my wife on Instagram. But um, She's pregnant
1: again. Oh, my God.
0: Ah! No. Oh. Sorry. No. Okay, what happened? Yeah. I Believe me, I would not have shown up for this call if that were the case. <laughs> I would right now would be walking down Highway 40 uh, destination unknown uh, with no cell phone and no change of clothes. Just walking (laughs) Um, (laughs) the boys, the twins who are two month, two years uh, and five months old went to uh, their first day of nursery school today. Wow.
1: It's a very exciting day for the boys. Or are they excited? Scared? I mean, they haven't seen other human beings for a long time.
0: No, I know it was. It, that was. There's so many things to unpack here. First of all, they were uh, their mom, Michelle, got them 18 backpacks from which to choose yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay. I won't exaggerate. Got 10. No. And yes, little miniature backpacks that you could fit like a thimble in. 10 backpacks. Uh, they picked the ones, Blake picked a dinosaur one, uh, Wyatt picked one that's got a fox on the back with uh, hands that go over the eyes that have Velcro on them, and uh, and then so we returned the other eight today after we dropped them off. They were all in, excited, the, the little school slash church is in our neighborhood, and, and except for the second we walked away. Blake just screamed bloody murder like uh, it was I mean you could hear him back at our house. It was it was horrible. But uh, uh, they, but the teacher sent pictures during the during the day. You know, they're only there for 3 hours. We picked them up. Uh they were all smiles, but they were a little bit off. We got them home and they just melted down. I've never seen two human beings that tired. <laughs> they were throwing the punching michelle throwing themselves on the couch face down on the carpet on the hardwood bawling crying they are so exhausted because it just was a lot for them yeah. to take in Oh and my from, daughters went there twenty years ago. So now here I am 20 that's years later crazy. doing the same thing.
1: No, from an emotional standpoint, that's gnarly. It's something that they've never experienced before. I mean, I went through all that, of course, you know, where you leave the kids and they're crying and you're like, oh shit. I mean, how am I just leaving them crying? And the teacher's like, It's okay. They'll be fine. I'll call you right. if it gets bad, you know. Yeah. And, <clears throat> oh, I remember that. Sad.
0: But I just you can't help but compare yourself. Because they're starting a week late. There were two spots left. It's only a class of eight and it's COVID friendly and everybody's mm-hmm. tested and all that. So mm-hmm. there's only eight kids in the class. They all started last week and now your kids are the last two there. And you can't help but compare your kids to the other ones that uh, that are just, you know, Bye mm-hmm. mom, bye dad. And, yeah. and ours are like clingy and, and whatever. But uh, they are a little bit young for this, but I feel like it's, it's in the end, this is going to be something that's really good for them. No,
1: it's good. Bodhi, my middle kid started at two and a half because he, he yeah. just seemed ready, you know, and, and each one was different. You know, Rio, my, my daughter, I, I never had a problem. She was like wanting to drive her own car to preschool and just do it do it all on her own all right later she had no (laughs) problem with leaving us with going to school you know with sleeping over at strangers homes when she just meets them for the first time at a party that happened twice we're like i guess you can sleep over shit like these are their
0: kids right
1: no adults yeah adults okay yeah uh yeah no kids but uh it's they're, they're all just different you know They're just, they, they react differently. And I'm sure tomorrow will be a whole different bag.
0: Well, they're only going two days a week for three hours at a time. So they're off tomorrow, back on, on Thursday. It's Tuesday, Thursday thing, but it leads me into this. Uh, My, my friend, one of my closest friends from college who's now also my accountant came to my house last night. I had to sign some stuff and uh, he brought with him this cardboard box. And inside the cardboard box, He's like, I've got something that a partner at our firm bought on some Facebook post, not knowing that that person could get it to me. Mm. Somebody was selling my Woody Woodpecker lunchbox all rusted out No, from... Yes, from uh, when I was a little boy. So I must have been five or six when I had this thing. And inside... Yes, it is mine inside which you can barely see. Listen yeah. to this thing. Yeah. Uh, is my name and my address on the inside no. so how and and looking at this thing it's like a it's like uh, a cartoon of Woody Woodpecker, you know, tricking a bull yeah. and then unhooking this guy
1: on the back end off of
0: I know. How, how just, did
1: this even fucking happen? How how does how, how does he have your lunchbox?
0: How did someone uh, have your lunchbox? Somebody must have found it and my name's written inside it and the school I went to and they put it like up for sale like somebody's going to want to buy my lunchbox <laughs> like I'm either Charles Manson or Barack <laughs> Obama like hey would you uh, who doesn't want the same lunchbox that this freak had when he was 5? you can see, you know, the beginnings of when the whole thing went south.
1: Wow. And, uh, and do you here remember it is. And I, that lunchbox?
0: I do. And I used to be fascinated with that picture. It looks like the, you know, mm-hmm. here in St. Louis, we have six flags and yeah. it looks like, uh, the screaming Eagle, uh, roller coaster with Woody unlatching the last car. I used to stare at this thing and it just, it immediately took me back to being five years old. That
1: is one of the crazier stories
0: I think I've ever heard before. I mean, <laughs> that's insane. That's totally insane. It's kind of, it's a, mo. it's a, I like wanted to cry, it brought me back. I'm a little kid. You know, my mom and dad are, you know, both younger, healthy. And, you know, in the case of my dad, actually alive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and here I am with my lunchbox. Well, I like this is the most prized possession, <laughs> of course, dude. That well, I'm, ever, I'm ever gonna get. Here, here's the question though:
1: with the backpacks and all the school supplies, did you include the lunchbox? As a as a choice for the kids, like did they? No, they, they no.
0: I, this is a tetanus shot waiting to happen. Look at <laughs> look at the, how that's rusted out. Wow. I mean, it's like it was at the bottom of the Mississippi River wow. since I since I walked out of kindergarten. That's really unbelievable. What a cool! Handle's thing. gone. Yeah, but this this has got to be like some weird collector's item too. Not because it was mine, but just because. Yeah. It's a cool friggin' lunchbox and I'm so proud of my mom that she got me something back then that I was, I think I was the lonely kid. My mom says that I was the kid. She would go stand outside the door of my uh, kindergarten class and watch me and I would just play by myself and I think I just probably from time to time would go stare at that picture Mm. of Woody Woodpecker uh, basically killing a guy off the back of a roller coaster.
1: I mean how about cartoons back then compared to today you know i mean of course you've got your 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 um uh adult swim stuff which is r rated a lot of it but the standard cartoons back in the day were violent and crazy tom and violent. jerry the road runner i mean you could never Release those kinds of cartoons today. I don't think
0: so. It's funny you say Tom and Jerry because I'm I'm uh, scheduling a voiceover session. They're using my voice in the new. There's going to be a Tom and Jerry movie mm-hmm. that's going to be you know I guess theater released or maybe now in these times. Netflix or whatever released. So they're, they're doing some scene in Tom and Jerry where they're at Yankee stadium. And I don't know if one of the other one is playing in a Yankees game, but I'm actually broadcasting Tom and Jerry playing for the New York Yankees. So (laughs) I'm going to go do that, but you're right.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's great. You know, it's, I I just got off the phone with Jesse Ehrman, who's one of my best oldest friends. He is an executive at Warner brothers. It's a Warner brothers movie. Uh, He just told me that right before we got on. Because he goes, oh, you know, Joe's doing a voice uh, in my Tom and Jerry show because that's his so movie. I'm so sick
0: of playing myself. I just, I want to be Tom. I want to be Jerry. I want to be. Know. I do F is for family. I do a mob boss. I do the janitor who's just a creep and basically a child abuser. I like doing other voices. I don't like doing, you know, here's a 2-2 pitch to Tom. Ground ball to short. Jerry picks it up. <laughs> throw to first. Got him. That'll be the second out of the inning. And then I walk out. That's it.
1: You just did it right there. That's it. I Those did. Your it. Can we
0: clip this and send it in? Can it, yeah. Is it, but but I watched a Bugs Bunny with the boys the other day, and it was the scene where they have the little the little gangster. But he's basically remember the one the, the little guy that was shaving and he had a tattoo. Yeah. Yep. And he yep. pulls a, a gun out of his hat puts it in Bugs Bunny's face mm-hmm. and Bugs Bunny like stuffs a carrot in it and the bullet fires back and like makes his face, you know, all yeah. fried. That's what we watched as kids. Yeah. Now, if you put that on television or put that in front of a kid, you would be put in Guantanamo Bay.
1: Oh, God. Oh, my God. Leaving well, the Roadrunner alone. I mean, it's just everyone. It's just death. He's just trying to kill him <laughs> the whole time. It's pure death.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, just throwing them off cliffs and uh yeah. an anvil. It's The only time I've ever seen an anvil landing on his head and
1: Yeah, I've you know, never walking seen away a, a like real, an accordion, like never, an accordion. Oh yeah. I've never seen a real anvil in real life. Like <laughs> What are they, what are they? I think it was for blacksmithing or something, wasn't it? I don't even Very know. Very good. I that's think my, you might be right. That's my guess. That's my guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's now I would imagine, you know, well that's the same argument with the TV that I watched in the seventies or the early eighties. And if that could actually be on television in today's society, I don't think so.
1: No, no, so much, so much couldn't be on. Well, how was how was the, uh, how was your first game? By the way,
0: it was, thank God it's back. Um, I loved being there. It was, it was odd to be in a place that is normally deafening with crowd noise uh, at the Superdome where the Saints play and it's it's loud to the point where a lot of times I don't have to say anything the crowd kind of tells you what's happening and it's TV anyway and you know we've got Brady and Breeze two first ballot Hall of Famers you know I sit next to Troy Aikman it means more coming out of him that Brady's the best to ever do it so we're seeing greatness on the field, and they're, the only people in the seats were the two teams' practice squad players, and it was so quiet in, in on the field and in the dome that players who were on the field, even some out on the field – now, I'm not talking about on the sideline. In the middle of the field, getting ready for a kickoff, were talking to their teammates sitting in seats behind wow. the bench, and, and they were dancing to whatever music was was on – and they were making the practice squad guys get up and dance and sing. I mean it was it was it was hilarious and it was <laughs> sad and it was, wow. it was everything.
1: So wait, so no crowd noise is
0: piped into the actual dome? There is, but the NFL has put a limit on it at seventy five decibels and mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you 75 decibels, Sean Payton, the head coach of the saints said, it's basically like a loud cocktail party Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as opposed to a place where you can't even hear yourself think. And, and if you're Brady coming in new offense, you're trying to shout out signals to the receivers and the offensive linemen. And normally you can't hear anything. This was like practice. And so, Mm The NFL put crowd noise under our broadcast. I think there's now a tug of war a bit about who's going to provide that on the broadcast because it just wasn't in my opinion it just wasn't what it needed to be i think they're trying to figure out what those levels should be to make you at home think that you're watching a game from 2019 but as we've mm-hmm. said it has to be done really smartly and really well yeah they were close you know i mean i watched football it was it, i i forgot at times
1: you know it, it was the crowd noise was there but you're you you definitely are missing that energy you know yeah. for sure and i'm sure the players feel it it's
0: got to be weird it's it's, it's got to be and yeah. and now i'm doing a game on you know this comes out on thursday i'll be doing a game thursday night quick turnaround so mm-hmm. these guys are going to you know they're beat up they're tired and they're going to it's cincinnati at cleveland so they're going to they're going to be turning right around and playing three days basically of rest after they played in an NFL game. I would imagine the crowd has a lot to do with kind of pumping you up and getting Mm -hmm. you going. And now it's going to be manufactured. Although there will be 6,000 fans, but 6,000 fans in a stadium of whatever it is, 50,000, 60,000, 6,000 fans is not, that's not going to be enough to, to move the meter at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. How did Brady Um, look from, from your perspective?
0: I think it's going to take a while. You know, yeah. you got to realize this was the first time that he's had to learn an offense in 20 years. And he's with Bruce Arians, who's more. Down the field, uh, trying to throw deep. Brady's always been the guy that wants to throw the intermediate stuff and the dump-offs and then let the backs or the tight ends or the receivers over the middle run after the catch. So there's a blending of the language. There's a blending of philosophy. It's just going to take three or four Mm -hmm. weeks. But it's it's unbelievable when you flip on the TV today, yesterday, After the game, everybody's ready and can't wait to write off Tom Brady. I just can't wait to throw shit at somebody who's, you know, an incredible person and and a great athlete and one of the best to ever play in the National Football League. They can't wait to just tear people down. And it's like, okay, let's mark this because you just said he was done. And let's see where they are at the end of the season. I I would be willing to bet that they will be a playoff team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And once you get into the playoffs, who cares? You got a shot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I know. And then the Patriots with Cam won. So you're going to have those comparisons as well. I mean, already, already, it's all... It's it's already happened. It's you
0: know? all Belichick. It was all Belichick all the time. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. He yeah. was the guy out on the field, you know, with the Patriots down in the snow, bringing them down to win game. Okay, it was all Belichick. It wasn't Brady at all. You know, that, come on. that mm-hmm. That's absurd. Absolutely yeah. absurd. Well, I
1: actually didn't watch fucking... I didn't watch football because I was playing in a golf tournament. I watched, I watched uh, Monday night. I watched last night for me. But uh, I found my game again and I haven't been playing much golf at all entered this tournament with a friend of mine and I had so much fun. My, I I just, I'm just good. You know, it's just, it's just in me. It's a part of who I am. I think it's just in my (laughs) DNA. I, I, you know, I, I I can't imagine Uh, what kind of golfer I would be if I actually practice and played again. You'd probably
0: be shitty. Cause yeah, no, you would. Because I, I obsess over it, I change things. It's, it's like you would have to be full on all in every day. you don't have that kind of time. I think it's almost better that you don't care and you play sporadically because your natural athletic ability takes over and and you just see ball, hit ball, pound ball. Yeah, but you know? you, you, you
1: but you there is a there's something there that you've got to, that I had to get back you know, and it's the desire to play the game. Yeah. You know, I've just have no, I've had no desire to play the game and this playing these, these two days was great for me because now I'm all in, I, you know, we, we talked, you know, we've talked yesterday and the day before, like, okay, I need golf clubs. What, what should I get? What do you do? I, Cause I'm, I'm so out of the mix right now, but I'm ready. Hey, aren't
0: you missing like your six iron or something?
1: I haven't had an eight iron in two years. And and I've had, I had no lob wedge for this tournament. I just like kind of left them on the golf courses years ago. I'm like, eh,
0: eh, That's so you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you can put their, their labels. You can put right under the grip, right on the shaft there that say Oliver Hudson with your phone number. Are you just worried that you're going to get stalked too much (laughs) by people that hang out in uh, bag rooms? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what's my, a lot of my fans are bag room guys you know so (laughs) (laughs) but you know I did drink so much I drank so much day drinking these last two days it was it hurt it hurt but it was fun
0: yeah I'm you know as I see you I'm just realizing, you know, how much the hair kind of just takes the the cake for you because if I made you in my mind balding with the way your face looks right now, mm-hmm. kind of tired, <laughs> swollen, uh, you got crows feet, you uh, got, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, it's the hair. Without <laughs> the hair, you you don't have much
1: right now (laughs) that's funny it does save me right at this moment i mean if i if i had like thinning hair was bald or oh man Uh yeah yeah it would be yeah yeah yeah. there are moments where my hair definitely saves me there's no doubt about that none yeah
0: yeah no it's really (laughs) really annoying
1: well we all need something joe i I know i'm just trying to find my special you've got your voice that saves you Hey, you know, hey, how are you? Can I just, get
0: another uh, tequila tonic and uh, <laughs> lemon over here, please? Thank you so much. Yes, did the Super Bowl. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> That's how I talk at cocktail parties. Hey, how are you? Great cat- to see you.
1: It is. I mean, uh, there's a bit of that at cocktail parties. That's how I talk at cocktail parties.
0: Oh, my God. Shut up. You, you paint <laughs> this picture of me. To our listening audience, which I'm certain is dwindled. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like I'm this, I'm Brockmire, the character that that, mm-hmm. is, that Azaria plays. I, I am, I'm the least, I don't, somebody starts talking to me about sports. I I am cordial and I'll mm-hmm. answer their question and then I will slowly slip away. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the, that's how the Lone Ranger started. Somebody started talking to him about, you know, hey, uh, tell me about the white hat and uh, tell me about your horse. And and he didn't just get tired of it and he just learned how to disappear. That was the Lone Ranger's thing. He turned around, mm-hmm. he's gone.
1: Well, you know, it's weird. I was just listening to Stern. I think it was an older episode, but he was literally talking about how the Lone Ranger was created, was established because he was a ranger. He was a Texas ranger. And then he gave the ah. whole story... On why the Lone Ranger became the Lone Ranger. It's kind of funny that you're bringing this up.
0: He's been very wistful lately because I heard him talking about the history of the song When the Levy Breaks Mm -hmm. uh, and how Led Zeppelin took an old blues song and redid it. And he played the first version of When the Levy Breaks. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. he, he came on afterward. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's just not working. It's But it had this cool little groove to it. Like, I want to send it, find it, and send it to you because mm-hmm. I kind of think you'll like it too. And then he goes into John Bonham playing drums in this uh, big hallway, high ceiling, and mm. the way that song starts, and mm. they drop microphones from the ceiling, and it just was so loud and overpowering. That's what made the song great. But But the first version was just kind of, cool laid back it was
1: mm-hmm. terrific i feel like I'm, i feel like i feel like i'm living in the wrong era i feel like i'm a i'm, a, I'm like a late 60s 70s guy you know yeah like that i mean you would, like you would have had this lunchbox right oh here. for sure dude like i i just feel like that would have been such a fun time
0: to live in
1: you know and i think i would have thrived during that time I really do. I think,
0: he, I think the more we talk and the more I, I know you and the more you get wistful for the 60s and 70s, I think you are your father. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, nobody was kicking it bigger than the Hudson brothers back then. They were They were
1: crushing it. And he, I look back at pictures of him and, and he was cool as shit, man. He had that long, crazy hair and the butterfly collars. And then you move yeah. into the late, into the 70s or the later 70s. You know, I think, probably well probably no mid 70s right before I was born and him and my mom there's pictures of them you know just out publicity publicity pictures and 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 they both look so cool and my dad's got a cigarette and he's got this like velvet sort of suit on and his chest hair is kind of flowing out a little bit and his you know a little beard and his hair long hair I'm like damn man
0: yeah cool for kids listening now, basically, he looked like a magician.
1: <laughs> he did. He's like David right? Copperfield, basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Another guy who uh, outkicked his coverage on... Uh, who, did, who was the model he was oh, yeah. He married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gwant, that was... Uh, beautiful uh, woman.
1: Oh, 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 oh. I, I got it. Forget it. He's It's uh, Claudia Schiffer. Claudia Schiffer. Yeah, because he was just such a... He was so corny, and you're sort of like... Man, what does this guy have?
0: Why is this guy? What happened here? And yeah, Claudia Schiffer I would imagine,
1: was amazingly was beautiful, stunning.
0: And I would imagine when they would, you know, get after it, he was such a good music, magician. He, he there were times where he wasn't even in the room. Oh, totally. And she was having orgasms. What's that? He was in What's Vegas, that, honey. He was in Vegas. <laughs> he would left four hours earlier. <laughs> So, She's still having a conversation.
1: He just made uh, himself disappear. <laughs> <laughs> whenever they, whenever they got in a fight, he just like was like, and made himself
0: disappear. <laughs> 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 he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. So uh, yeah, once you can make the Statue of Liberty disappear, mm-hmm. y- you can do anything, right? He
1: had to have been a good lover, you know. I mean, he must. Is he gone?
0: He's not gone.
1: He's, uh, he's alive. alive. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we would have known if David Copperfield passed away.
0: <laughs> well, wouldn't you always assume that maybe it was a trick or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I don't want to be insensitive, but I did this once for the, and I, I probably have told <clears> the <throat> story on, yeah, I think I did, told the story on uh, on this podcast, mm-hmm. but I made a joke during a baseball game about, uh, what was the guy, the other magician? Danny Gans? Oh. Doug Henning. Danny Gans is gone. <laughs> Dude, and Danny- I found out the hard yeah. way. I found out the hard way that Doug Henning was gone <laughs> because I made a joke uh, during a game. And I said, you know, where is Doug Henning, by the way? I said, maybe, and then a pitch. Bah, foul off to the right. I said, Maybe he's in the midst of his greatest trick of all time. And in about five years, he's gonna pop up out of nowhere and go, ta-da! And I look at the guy that works with me to my left, and he gives me the thumbs down, meaning that he was dead. So I I made fun of a dead guy. But this was pre-social media. uh, It didn't make it into the TV guide, though. It was in the TV guide.
1: Did you have to apologize on air? I
0: I want to take this moment right now to apologize to the Henning family, to Doug, his estate, uh, his, his... Sequin outfits, his uh, uh, rainbow onesie. May yeah. he rest in peace. I Ball saw outside. That, I, <laughs> I saw him on Broadway with my mom the same week. I saw your dad in the Wizard of Oz with his brothers playing the wow. lion, the Tin Man, and the. So you know,
1: we went to go see Danny Gans. On my bachelor party in Vegas. <laughs> oh, my God. How many yeah. different
0: drugs were you on?
1: I don't know. But we were all out, and, and we had to choose two, a two-nighter in Vegas. And it was, you know, I mean, look, like RIP Danny Gans, rest in peace. But we always just laughed at his billboards because Danny Gans, he's got 17,000 different impressions. And so we organized at the beginning of the night to all go see Danny Gans. And it was actually really fun. It was fun. My dad
0: came, saw that on Broadway. And my dad, I think, had great taste and was, you know, had seen a lot, you know, Sinatra and whatever. He thought Danny Gans was the greatest thing he's ever seen in his life. (laughs) He came home with the DVD and like a Danny Gans scarf and, you know, a program. he's like, I'm telling you, this guy's unbelievable. (laughs) And and so there you go. I have, I have the seconding a second opinion from Oliver. Danny Gans
1: was good. He's, he's, he's going in the magic hall of fame without a doubt. My bachelor party was crazy. My, my, we did two nights, which was a mistake because I went way too hard the first night. And then the second night I was just dead. I was done. You know, basically all my friends went out and I stayed home the first night we went Gans. And then we went crazy. Gans got us started. Gann's got
0: you guys. This is do like the wolf pack thing from the hangover. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. It was like that. And then I was so, I was so wrecked the next day. It went by the pool trying to do, I was trying to recover, trying to drink to recover. It just wouldn't happen. And I, you know, I basically was out for a second. My friends continued out, you know, and had a good time. But I was like, sorry guys, I'm fucking done I am yeah.
0: done. I, I wasn't into my own bachelor party when I was I got married the first time I was 23. My dad was my best man. And let me tell you, going to a uh strip joint with your dad is not that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: That's an interesting yeah. thing. How was that? Was your dad all in?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He was all in. Yeah. I mean, I probably have told you the story. No, this is this is way too much information. But right before I got uh, married, way too early in life, uh, I would go over to this place because I was the same age. I just started with the Cardinals. I was the same age as a lot of players. And there's there's a place of that description across the river, Mm -hmm. East St. Louis, Illinois. And I went over there, and I, you know, I'm the one that's in the corner trying to, you know. See what's wrong. You go back to the daddy issues mm-hmm. uh, for these entertainers. Let's say that are there uh, doing their thing, and and I got to know one, and we be, we became friends. We'd go to breakfast after mm-hmm. she was done working, and <laughs> I mean this isn't as good as your story because nothing ever ha- physical ever happened. Mm-hmm. But we were friends, and so then a long stretch of time went by. And I wasn't in there, and I went back in. And she, this girl came up. Her name was Melissa. I don't know her fake name, I know her real name. Wow. And she came up and said, uh, Oh my God, you'll never guess who was in here the other night. Your dad. Oh my and God. I was like, Uh huh. And she's like, I told him you and I are great friends. And I was like, Uh huh. And, uh, then I said, uh, okay, let's just going forward. Mm-hmm. If any other family members are to come in here, you know, let's just keep our friendship, <laughs> you know, off to the side. Like if my mom comes in, let's right. just not talk about it. So then I called my dad that night and my mom answered. So I knew my mom was right there. I said, Hey, his dad there. Yeah. She hands the phone over and she says, uh, and I, my dad's hello. And I said, uh, Hey, Dad, I heard you, uh, we have a new mutual friend. And he said, there's just silence. And I said, I heard you went uh, across the river last night. Silence. I said, uh, you got anything you want to tell me? He goes, you got anything you want to tell me? And I said, no. And he goes, me either. And hangs up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I have, a, yeah. I, have a, I have a dad story that's kind of crazy, you know, that I wasn't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, again, you know, if, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm connected with, reconnected with my dad a little bit more. But during this time, I had not talked to him or seen him in a long, long time. And I used to play a lot of poker, a ton of poker, you know, played in the World Series of poker, played in WPT events, and I was just obsessed with it. I'm at the bicycle club in L.A., And uh, I'm at a table, and a guy gets up. Guess who fills the fucking seat that the guy- No way. My father. Yeah. He's a big poker player as well. Didn't even know it. Now I know. Now he goes to Ventura still to this day and goes and plays cards. But my dad sits down at the table that I'm playing at, and I'm like, hey, dad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. And we fucking play- cards against each other, having not seen each other, having not really talked to each other. And it was actually a really fun night. And that was that was that no phone calls afterwards or or what. But I gotten into hands with him where I'm now playing my dad for money. And, you know, it gets it gets to heads up, whatever. And and, you know, you're playing in a pod against your own father who you haven't seen or fucking talked to in 10 years crazy shit and then god i thought that was gonna be the start of something and uh you know it, it, it wasn't although you know that christmas we reconnected um i called him with my friend mark rose actually i remember this very well he was in he was in my room mark rose and i were in my room and This is like maybe a month and a half after I had this poker run and and I decided to call my dad to try to reconnect and just ask him why, you know, and this was brought on by my therapist. He was the one who says, you know, you should do this. It's it's you're in your mid 20s. You know, this is would be good for you just to have this conversation, even if it brings closure. And I said, I know what the fuck's going to happen. I, I know what he's going to say. He's going to go back to the lawyers and, you know, your mother and the lawyers did this. And, and I just don't want to hear it. And he goes, just do it. So I did. I got up the balls, called him up, you know, said, Dad, you know, it's good to see you. But, you know, why, why did you never call, you know? And even if it was true that mom held us in a fucking basement and we, and we weren't allowed to see you, it's your job as the father to sort of break through. You know, and demand to see your kids. I I watched Kurt do that. You know, I watched how he was all in with Boston, you know, and really was like, I don't care what happens. This is my son and I'm gonna do everything that I can to be with him. Um, and then of course he goes back to the lawyers and all that shit happens again. And Uh, I just said, Okay, that's it, done. Thank you. I get a call from him at Christmas time that year, and he it's a different man, he's apologizing. You know, I was, I was, I I could have done better. And uh, it was a moment where I think that he was feeling his mortality. This is my opinion. You know, it's that, that moment where you're like, man, I I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around and uh, I need to make amends. And then it was good. It was good for a while. It was good. And then there was just another falling out that happened. You know, I was working on set. I was in Calgary and my sister and and her husband at the time were going through, you know, a rocky situation. And I get a phone call from my dad. And I'm in the van going to set. And, hey, man, because we have been talking at this point a lot, actually. Hey, bud, what's happening? Bah, bah, bah. Hey, what's going on with your sister? You know, and immediately red flags kind of went up. I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, I know, I know. What's, you know, what's going on with, with her and so and so? I'm like, well. You know, Dad, I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I, something just felt wrong, um, and I go to set, hang up, go to set, Had, didn't talk to him for about a week, and then boom, on Inside Edition, he is on some TV show, Inside Edition, talking shit. You know, Kate this and Kate that and blah 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 I call him up, leave a message. I say, Dad. You know, what the fuck, man? He didn't answer. I said, things were going really, really well. I said, I don't get it. I just don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm I, i frustrated. I'm not angry necessarily. I, I'm curious. What, What is it about you that you feel like you need to do this? Are you, I mean, do you need money? I, I mean, what is going on? I call me back, blah, blah, blah. Never heard from him. 12 God. years, 12 years go by. And then. I have my reconciliation with him that I've talked about on the air. So basically,
0: uh, you know. when he called you the first go-around, asking about Kate, he was mm. mining you for information. It to felt. It felt. Sell?
1: I don't know. It felt like it. You know, it's almost like it felt like he almost had this. You know, he was he was ready to go on Inside Edition, and he he was again. Yeah, you're right. Mining, mining for some sort of info. Um, it just felt, but it didn't you had, feel right. you
0: had the sense, you had the sense that I it did, wasn't it, time to open up yeah, about Kate.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, because it just, I, it, It's my own thing. My relationship with my dad is mine. You know, what Kate chooses to do with him is, is hers, you know? So right. I, I'm not going to sort of
0: cross pollinate those two things. I'm, I'm just going to no deal doubt. with my relationship. Um, but the you most know, important question is when you played card cards against him,
1: who won? Yeah, I, I don't even remember. Honestly, I was I was like on Mars. I was like, "Holy fuck, what is happening right now?" You know, um, that's like a, that's a script. I know, it is. It's like it's like the end of a movie. You know, where your your father, who you haven't seen in ten years, sits down across from you at the poker table, and now it's you're playing for keeps,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> or you could keep you could keep switching it like you know oh we just had a guy drop out of our foursome at the public golf course oh we got a single over here <laughs> it's your dad <laughs> oh uh yeah oh you're a single riding yeah. in the in the uh, roller coaster oh you have we have an open seat yeah can we get a single dad to- yeah it's your dad you're riding a roller coaster with your dad so you, everything that's a Somebody great idea up, everything your dad that, keeps sitting i'm like now. are
1: you shitting me like uh, like i'm uh, like skiing on a chairlift i'm like what I can't get away. <laughs> That's a really uh, funny bit. <laughs> yeah. Everything is single. Golf, single, chairlift, poker. It's like <laughs> you just keep yeah. popping. Roller up. coaster. That's um, like a pickup basketball
0: game. Like, I need one. Best- I need one. We need like, one. Oh, Dad. <laughs> we only have one seat uh, open at the airport bar, but you can take it. Okay. <laughs> Totally, dad, I didn't know you drank gin on the
1: airplane. Uh, But all that, all that being all that, uh, you know, you know, revealing all that and talking about all that, talking about all that, you know, I, I, you know, I do want to reiterate that all of this brings you, brings me to sort of the relationship that I have with him now. You know, I just had a birthday, September 7th. And um, you know we we text, and he he's he texts me on my birthday now, and calls me on my birthday, and we have conversations, and you know it's cool. It's it's I've never I you know that's that's new. So you know you stick I with meet it. him. You should. I want to meet he, him. He's fucking funny and maybe I'll have a charming great relationship with. Maybe I'll have t- a great relationship. Maybe with him. he's a super talented guy. You know he's a musician. I I mean I had a I, I we we drank. 12 beers together and the last time we actually saw each other and uh, we were moon shadows in los angeles on the beach and it was so fucking great because we almost got everything out of the way you know the last three conversations that we had was just dealing with sort of the past and figuring it out but then this this final meeting or the last meeting that i had with him that was all done and we just got to laugh and talk and take each other in and it was amazing to me how much I am like him, just philosophically. And I think he saw so much of me, you know, himself in me. And he he was, he got teary eyed and, and, uh, you know, I, I, he's got this sort of loner quality that I, I, that I respect and like, and he just is this sort of, traveler in a in a strange way you know i mean i'm sure he has his demons there's no doubt about it because i did i I was lucky enough to deal with them um but it was just an amazing um an amazing afternoon that we had just drinking beer and and bullshitting really really fun and he's a good he's a great man there's he's a good he's a good man there's just no doubt about it circumstance circumstances man you know send me his
0: email Send me his email. I'm going to send him this, <laughs> this podcast. I know.
1: The good thing is, is you know, he still has a flip phone. I mean, literally from, I don't know what year. So he doesn't know how to do any of these things or hear God, this podcast. Or,
0: how great would life be with a flip phone?
1: Oh, he's totally off the grid. I mean, my whole OTG thing, like he fucking lives that way. You know, he he lives in his studio, plays music and, you know, drinks Jack Daniels and smokes joints and, and plays poker. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's, who does that sound like? Who does he play <laughs> poker with? I think, I think he goes down to Ventura and just sort of has his games. Wow. He has his games. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out in Ventura and try to meet him.
1: You should. We should do give an him episode. A, give, where
0: him a, well, give him a tape, like a cassette tape of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> or an eight track. An eight track. We could we could
1: transfer <laughs> it to an eight track. Oh, you know, it's crazy too. Is last time I saw him, he he finally met the grandkids. It was actually a really cool meeting after our our fun our our, our drinking afternoon. Um, But he gave me a CD of like a really raw, rough cut of his music that he's been doing. And it's fucking good, man. Like, I was scared to listen to it because I'm like, oh, God. But it was, I was digging it. It's just, you know, I don't know. No, I know. Crazy. I got to call him now. Now I'm like thinking about him.
0: Yeah. But you're not crying this time. No, yeah, I didn't cry. I'm proud of you. It was more of a happy moment you know yeah I want to meet this guy I I saw him on Broadway for God's sake I mean it's well we should it was in the 70s when did he do that like
1: 80s 79 I guess in the 70s yeah I guess we should do a a, like just a mini documentary called Finding Bill Hudson where you and I just go down to Ventura and just try to find him
0: yeah (laughs) I'll I'll definitely that could be the last episode of Daddy Issues (laughs) Well, I would love to have him on here. Shit. Well, that, let's go.
1: That would be crazy. That would be cool. That would be really cool. I, I you know, I don't know how we'd record it. He doesn't I mean he's got He's in a studio. We'll go to him. Is, yeah, he's in a studio.
0: Yeah. That would be that would be intense. I don't want to get all hazy with his, you know, secondhand pot smoke. Oh, I don't God. drink Jack. I don't drink Jack Daniels secondhand pot
1: smoke who are you
0: (laughs) all right all right all right okay without uh further ado let's get to listeners questions i can't wait cannot wait to dig into this all right let's roll hey joe hey oliver uh, question for you guys. When you
1: found out when you were, you know, having your first child, uh, were you concerned at all with your upcoming parenting styles, I guess, between yourself and your wife, uh, how they might, uh, be different, how they are together on, and how did you guys work through that and, and work along with that, uh, compromises or
0: strong, strong one way, strong the other? Did you have issues that you really dialed in on that you weren't going to give any ground up on? Thanks. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. I think. Wow. What a I, good call. Yeah, it's a great call. And <laughs> it's like I, I feel like a real like, call wanting real answers.
1: I feel like it was you. Was that you? Did you call into our own hotline? Yeah. Let me see if. Deke no. from St. Louis sounded like yeah. you. I, would, you know, I would
0: not have made myself from St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> this is Deke from Des Moines. Uh,
1: uh, that's a great question, by the way. It's a very good question. You want to go first? Because I have my opinions on
0: it. Well, I've been around, I've been through it twice. I would say that my parenting style is different than my wife's currently. Um, I am a little bit more strict, and she is way more patient and way more kind of letting them just go. And I'm more, uh, if Blake or Wyatt's coloring on himself, With markers, I put an end to it. She's more let him do what he wants. And 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 I think I think Deke hit it when he said there has to be compromise. I feel like there's compromise in every aspect of marriage. And maybe the most important one is how you parent children. So we compromise all the time. I think sometimes she does see why I react the way I do. And I can tell you this, and I've told her this, I definitely wish I was more like Michelle and therefore I do compromise her way as well. But it cannot be one way or the other or that's going to create tension with mom and dad and then that filters its way down to the kids and that's not worth anything. So I mm-hmm. personally, I think you got to meet in the middle. You have to explain why, not in the heat of the moment, why you wanted a parent that way at that time. And hopefully the next time that that comes up, you understand each other better. And I guarantee you'll handle it better.
1: Yeah, no, that's totally right. That's exactly pretty much what I was going to say. I mean, I think there needs to be a mutual respect there as well when it comes to, you know, the different parenting styles. You love your wife and there's a reason why you love her, you know, and uh, you have to respect that. She is trying to instill those same reasons why you love her into your children. So even if sometimes you don't agree with it or it's not necessarily the way that you would do it, I think that you just have to respect the way that 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 you you that you know that that each of you parent. Um, and I, I I rely on my wife sometimes to keep me in check with my discipline sometimes because I will get nervy, you know, I will get tired and and snappy and probably, you know, get stern when I shouldn't be. And sometimes Aaron will be like, hey, 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 relax, dude. You know, chill out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. And then sometimes she'll do the same thing. But we do have core values. You know, those things connect. I think that's the most important thing. When you have when when the seed when that when the nucleus is all happening when it when when both of you are connecting and understand the basic philosophies that's the most important thing
0: so yeah good question it's it's constantly a push and pull but it's got to be i think you have to discuss that stuff when it's not happening you have to discuss after the fact make it a point something when you're going to bed or at dinner or whatever, or maybe if I think Deke said, it seemed like the child's not there yet. Wait till you're in it and see what comes out and then handle it after the fact, not in the moment because that's when tempers get too hot. Great point. All right, Margo, what's next
1: question for Joe and Oliver here. There's no denying the fact that the game of football has certainly changed over the years. Um, One of these major changes that I've noticed is obviously all of this talk about concussion. And as a football fanatic myself, and as well as a teacher, who now we have to even take concussion training, know what to look for, know what to expect, how to treat these children. And ultimately what I'm seeing is the parents are now deciding, well,
0: I'm not putting my kid at risk. Sorry, you're not playing football. Uh, is it safe to say that those poor kids are going to grow up with daddy issues? (laughs) And ultimately, what do you think this will do to the sport in the future? Well, that's another great question. I I can only tell you that, the second time around, these these were not issues twenty years ago that I was worried about with my kids. But I would have been with my daughters uh, if I was more aware of it back then. I think over the past twenty years, we've all been better educated on the the issues with long term effects of head trauma. So. I think the league is doing all it can. I think it's got to be taught at the lower levels, the proper way of tackling, the proper way of hitting. You know, when I was playing, I broke my neck playing football in high school. And I'm sure it's because I had my head down and they teach head up tackling. They are aware of it at the lower levels. I I think you have to let your kids do what they want to do and find their own way. So would I let my kids play football Yes. Would it be uh, a conversation with my wife about that? Absolutely. And, and I'm not so sure she's on board with that. But if, if one of them said, hey, this is what I want to do, I, I, I think that that's when you get back to let's be the best uh, listeners we can be as parents and, and maybe try to meet in the middle. But I, it's, it's a real thing. It's a great question. What does it do to the sport? I, I think we've seen it. I think they're much better at protecting unprotected players, quarterbacks, receivers, people coming over the middle, uh, even people on the line play with getting their head down and leading with their head. Not only is it bad for the person that's getting hit, it's bad for the person doing the hitting. So, if it's happening at the NFL level, it will happen trickling down. and And I think the sport will be indeed safer going forward. But it's still a you know it's it's a real thing that families have to figure out for themselves.
1: I think choice is a big a big word when it comes to this. Meaning we didn't know everything back then and we're still learning, but we know a lot more now. So, now it's the choice. We have free will. As long as we know what the dangers are and what could happen, then it's up to you as the parent or the player at that point to say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take the risk." You know, um, obviously I love that all of these protocols are in place. I think some people are sort of worried that the game of football, the toughness and the sort of, you know, what football was seen as, or supposed to be goes away when you start putting all of these restrictions in place, but if it's to protect, protect you and make the, it actually, actually makes the game a little bit faster too, yeah. you know, I, I uh you know I'm all for it but it's just choice make the choice man I I I don't know I don't I, I don't know if I'd let my kids play football I'm not sure
0: Yeah it's, but you let your kids get on dirt bikes and you let your yeah, kids you yeah. know do do their thing do yeah. jumps and whatever yeah. I mean Yeah 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 All that stuff is frightening uh, mm-hmm. I think as you get older and you get wiser and you see you hear more and more stories and you see more and more going on around you it's really hard to let them go. I'm sure it's hard. You, you know, you're kind of a more free will guy than I am. I'm I'm going to have a tough time, you know, letting them go down the street and get on bikes and get on do jumps or whatever they're going to do. I Almost like I don't even want to see it. But your
1: boys aren't playing uh, football. There's no way Michelle will let them play
0: football. No way. Well, here's the thing. I I, I don't I don't believe my boys will be good enough to play. <laughs> major college football and in the NFL. Now, if they are great, you got to go with it. But to play high school football, I I think I learned a lot and where I slot in by being on the high school football team that I was on. And I went to a little prep school. We're great at football. We all played together from fifth grade on. So I played eight years of, of tackle football, I don't think I have any long term effects from it, but I had a grandfather who played in the NFL with a leather helmet, played for two years and died with Alzheimer's. And there's nothing worse in the world than Alzheimer's. So uh, it just you got to weigh the pros and cons and you got to see how badly they want to play and and then, you know, let them state the case for it. And at some point they're going to have to go do what they do.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Great. Like it. We're in
0: question for Joe and Oliver here. In your opinion, do you think silent Stan Kroenke, current billionaire owner of the Los Angeles Rams, owes the people of St. Louis an apology after uprooting the NFL team from St. Louis to Los Angeles in a most cowardly fashion in 2016 after 21 NFL seasons in St. Louis? Just like fans are expected to remain loyal to a team and its city, Shouldn't fans at the very least expect ownership to reciprocate that city loyalty as well? Thank you. <laughs> I'm not taking that one. <laughs> That's a joke. Well, you question. really should. I mean, I I'm on record. I mean, I'm already on record with this. I, I, I went off on a Twitter uh, rampage. If you want to go back in time. And I talked about all this stuff. And, and I think that last point is the most important, you know, this was, I can tell you this, Oliver and, it, it hurts. It hurt the people of St. Louis. And, and in this region, they draw from bigger than just St. Louis to have an owner take an NFL team away. That's happened twice to fans here. And I think they're really good fans here. This was a great Rams organization that had a ton of fan support. And when they were rolling, the greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, man, they were so fun to watch. It was the hardest ticket I've ever had to try to get in my hometown with the connections I have when they were going good. Um, and then it started to wane, but wasn't horrible. And then as the team made the choices they made and were less and less competitive fans started. And then it the writing was on the wall. They were going to go to LA. They were going to go to LA. And then they went to LA. I, I think they kind of forced the whole apathy part from, you know, what they would theoretically charge, Rams fans with here in St. Louis. So I, I'm on record. I, I, I think this is a great market. Um, this is a market that supports the local teams. We just got an MLS team in St. Louis. I think that'll be really well supported. The Cardinals, you know, are off the charts with their support. The blues are sold out every night. The Rams had tremendous support, but when you own the property as Stan did and does it, if you want to crack open the LA market, yeah, crack it open and, and see how <laughs> yeah, it goes. Like, I mean, I get it. I
1: get what the question business. is, and I get the, um, you know, I get the hometown sort of feeling and the frustration, but it's he could do whatever the fuck he wants. He's, he's
0: he can own the team, he can he can go, he can come, he can go. It's his. The problem you know? is, there's a lawsuit out there, and the question is, did were all of the requirements that were in the bylaws of the NFL met to right. be able to move a team. And 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 so that's there for a reason. But here's the difference. For TJ, I think his name is, it's emotional. For Stan, it's not. He, he's a businessman, a really good businessman. They have this insane, cool-looking stadium in LA. So... One side's emotional, one side's not, and he ended up going to L.A. I, The sun still comes up in St. Louis, and you're free to watch any team you want. They're just not in your hometown anymore, and uh, I don't know. I I, I I, don't know what more to say about it. It's just that's the way it is. I've been through that twice now as, as a 51-year-old guy from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's end with this. You're going to try to get me these shoes that I like? What do you want? You want the shoes or you want golf clubs? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't let you buy me golf clubs, dude. That's crazy.
1: Why? I, I don't know. Because they're expensive. The shoes aren't the shoes are expensive. It's just a relationship, you know? You, yeah. You live in St. Louis. You are St. Louis.
0: You want Joe the Dexter Buck Fowler
1: St. shoes. I think they're really cool, I, you know? I don't
0: think they make size
1: nine. They're for athletes only, right? Dude. Some of the greatest athletes have tiny feet. Michael Phelps size seven and a half.
0: (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) That's so Uh, not true. I'm kidding. He's probably Um, size 15. Yeah. Um, Um, Okay. You're going to have to make your choice. I mean, you want the shoes, you want golf clubs. I know know what you're thinking. I can get golf clubs. I can't get the shoes. So you want the shoes.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, All right. Well, we'll we'll decide later, and then I can reveal my uh, choice in the next Next episode.
0: Yeah. Of daddy issues. When we have our wives on. I think we should have our wives on next week. Yeah. I think next week we're going to do that. Let's do that. Okay. That'd be fun. All right. All right, Joe. And uh, thanks for the callers and the questions. Yeah, that and, was great. Uh, we need to do that more, by the way. That's fun. All right. So the number is 314-390-9094, and it's daddyissuespodcast1 at gmail.com. And on top of that, uh, I guess we're supposed to tell you that you you need to rate this podcast, and uh, I guess only if you like it, and then yeah. share it with a friend, especially if you don't like it, share it share with a friend.
1: If you don't like it, share it with two friends. If you like it, share it with one friend. Yes. Yeah, that I think makes that's the most good. sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have a nice day, Oliver. Have
1: a nice day, Joe.